Amen. Well, we've been talking about why we exist. Last week was kind of a snow day. I know many of you got a note from the teacher. You missed class last week. Uh, so I just want to give you a little refresher because uh, you may or might know this, but we are going to have a quiz at the end of this series, okay? Um, so we want you to do well, so I want to help you out. So I'm going to give you a little refresher, a little review from last week for those of you who aren't here. And for those of you who are here that maybe were napping or for whatever reason weren't paying attention. Um, we're talking about building bridges, transforming lives. That's our vision. That's why we exist. And there are three parts to that vision. We, and they're not in any particular order, but we are building bridges to Christ, building bridges to our world, building bridges to one another. Now of those three bridges, we started last week with talking about build, building bridges to Christ. Now when we think about that, what does that mean? Well, what we do here on Sunday mornings is a great example of building bridges to Christ. It's our opportunity as followers of Christ to come into a place like this and to worship Him and to just proclaim just glory to the Lord. That's why, part of why we exist, to build bridges to Christ for those folks, those of us that are here, um, that are part of our church, chance to worship. The other piece of that is that we as followers of Christ have been told to go into our world and to make disciples. So as we think about building bridges to Christ, part of that is that we help to share that wonderful message of the gospel with our world. And one of the ways that we do that, there are two ways really that we do that. One is through attraction. So as we lift up Christ, scripture says that we will draw men to him. And so we think about building bridges to Christ Yes, we as followers of Christ get a chance to do that. But when we do that, we also create an environment where we can invite people. We can bring people that are far from God and they can hear about this wonderful message. They can see the, the reality of our worship. They see that it's real and they hear the message and they make decisions for Christ. So there's that method of attraction. There's a strategy of being attractional in part of our bridge building that we do in our world. The next, the other part of it is not just we do it through attraction. Well, uh, throughout the warm winter's eve that the ladies are doing is a great example of an attractional opportunity. We're lifting up Christ and people are having a chance to hear about the gospel and uh, maybe walk across that bridge of faith. Now the other way that we do that is not just attractional but also the other strategy, piece of that strategy, is through the incarnation. That we are the incarnation of Christ. That we, we are... Christ, hands and feet and mouth and we are loving our world and as we do that, as we love our world, as we live out our faith through, the, through being the incarnation of Christ in our world, then again people see the reality of our faith and hopefully they will come to a place where they become believers in Christ. And so a little phrase that I want you to maybe put in your mind that I read this past week, was reminded of, is that salvation is our ultimate motive, but it's not our ulterior motive. People need to know about Jesus. We need to build bridges to Christ so that they can know. That's part of why we exist. Secondly, this morning we think about, okay, now uh, that was last week, and so you got your refresher course. You're all up to date. Now this morning we want to talk about this week. And this week we are going to look at the idea that we, of why we exist. We exist to build bridges to our world. We are building bridges, transforming lives. And what we all need to understand is that we are all bridge builders. Disciples of Christ are bridge builders. So maybe turn to the person next to you and remind them, hey, you're a bridge builder. 
Maybe you thought you worked at, you know, the power plant or you're a teacher or you work for Whirlpool. But you also, as a follower of Jesus Christ, you are a bridge builder. Now, last week we, I told you a bridge building story. Let's talk about another, let me share another bridge building story with you. A guy by the name of James Eads was just after the Civil War. And James Eads, this is a photo of James Eads. James Eads was commissioned to build one of the first bridges over the Mississippi River. In fact, I think it was the first bridge to be built over the Mississippi River from Illinois into Missouri. It was going to be built in St. Louis, Missouri. St. Louis was a, was a commercial hub of the day. Everything was taken across in, 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 uh, in boats across the, the river. And so James Eads was commissioned with building this bridge. The interesting thing, however, is that James Eads had never built a bridge. In fact, James Eads, history tells us, didn't really know anything about even um, engineering or architecture. But James Eads, oddly enough, was chosen to build one of the first bridges across the Mississippi. And even though there are people, all kinds of people, as you would imagine, that doubted that he was the right man for the job and doubted that he could do it and doubted the project in and of itself, even though those people doubted, he believed that it could and it should be done. And so now, if you, we can see some construction on the bridge. And then this next picture, this is just following the Civil War, and then this next picture is the bridge as it stands today. You notice the arch in the background. A hundred and thirty years later, any of us could drive to St. Louis, Missouri and drive across this bridge. James Eads, regardless of what other people thought, had a vision that became reality. He had a vision, even though people said and were skeptical and doubted him and doubted his motives and all of that, he had a vision. And we think about us, we relate that to us. We in our world, we think about us building bridges into our world. Our world, if you hadn't got the memo, is very skeptical of us Christians. In fact, I read a study this past week talking about over the last 20 years how uh, our influence and society's view of us as the church has deteriorated over the last 20 years. People look to us with a lot of skepticism. There's a book that... uh, uh, called The Church of Irresistible Influence by Robert Lewis. And I just want to read you a little excerpt from this book. Again, thinking about why, does the, why is the world skeptical of us? Why, why would it, like James Eads, why would it, the world look, and our society look down on us and doubt us? And we think about building bridges to our world. Robert Lewis writes this. For half of my pastoral ministry, I believe that my mission was to help the world understand its errors. Like so many other similarly afflicted evangelicals, I thought by hurling verbal hand grenades concerning sin and wrongdoing into the world that the shrapnel would somehow rattle sinners back to their senses. To me, jabbing, stabbing the world with a sword of what I considered impeccable logic and reasoning, backed by God's word and a dash of holy anger, was the way to turn the world around. In those days, he writes, I never built much of a bridge into the world. Like many churches, we advertised. He's talking about his own church. Like many churches, we advertised this. Impersonally inviting the uninitiated to courageously seek us out. Let me read that to you one more time. Because this is what we have said to our world. 
It's the way we have advertised to our world. Impersonally inviting the uninitiated to courageously seek us out. The community also felt our occasional hot breath concerning social issues like abortion and pornography and other specific social ills in a disembodied voice of judgment. But after years of doing so, it began to dawn on me that my actions, no matter how sincere, were not merely ineffective, but they were in fact fueling, fueling an even greater hostility and alienation between our church and the community. I, Robert Lewis, was burning bridges, not building them. We ask ourselves the question, why is the church, is the world skeptical of the church? We've done it to ourselves. Because we all too often have been in the business of, build, of burning bridges instead of building them, as Robert Lewis writes. And God is calling us, friends, to build bridges into our world. And it's not enough for us to expect lonely, hurting, disillusioned people with real needs to come to us. It's not what Jesus said. Jesus did not call the world to come to the church. He called the church to go to the world. At the same time, we can't expect well-adjusted, happy, fulfilled people that are far from God to just one day wake up and decide, well, I think I'll go there. I think I'll join them. Again, it's not what Jesus told us to do. We need to go to our world, not screaming our rhetoric to the world, but we need to go to the world, building a bridge, loving our world, showing them that authenticity of our faith, good deeds, matched with the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Jesus said it to us this way in Matthew 5. Matthew 5, verses 14 through 16. This is what Jesus says to us. First church, you are the light of the world. And I can just imagine seeing Jesus say this with a wonderful smile on his face if he were here today in the flesh. You, my friends, are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand, and it gives light to everyone in the house in the same way. Let your light shine before men that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. And as I've said to you before, I think we've made some excellent progress as a church in doing this. And I'm proud to be a part of First Church. As we think about building bridges into our world... It needs to be a part of the DNA of who we are. It needs to be at the very foundation of who we are. It is one of three pieces to our vision. Building bridges to our world. So, we know that we're all bridge builders. We were reminded of that right up front. So, as build, bridge builders, what should we look like? Let's talk about that based on what Jesus says to us in this passage. First... Bridge builders, let's talk about the bridge builder's character. And the bridge builder's character, according to this passage, Jesus says, you are the light of the world. The character of the bridge builder is light. Have you ever gotten a compliment that you didn't really get at first? You didn't really understand that it was a compliment at first? There's a pastor, I was, I was listening to uh, uh, Wayne Smith, Pastor Wayne Smith, uh, tell this story. Wayne Smith is, was pastor of the Southland Christian Church in Lexington, Kentucky. 
And Pastor Wayne Smith uh, pastored this great church, a church of about 3,000 people when he retired uh, from uh, pastor there. And this church was a southern gospel-loving, bluegrass-picking, four-part harmony-singing church. And this church of 3,000 people, great church, brought in this young buck from Las Vegas. What were they thinking? He immediately, he immediately got rid of the four-part harmony and got a band and put drums and did all these, made all these ra- radical changes. And you know what? The church exploded. And there were about 6,000 people about a year later, about doubled in size, about 6,000 people attending this church. And Pastor Wayne Smith was invited back for this, some kind of anniversary something at the church. And so he came to the, to the, to the church and, and, and people are saying all these nice things to him. And he's, his head's kind of growing a little bit and swelling up. And, and this one guy comes to Pastor Smith and says, Pastor Smith, we really, really miss you around here. And what, you know, what a great compliment this man was giving him. And the guy goes on to say, Pastor Smith, it was sure a lot easier to find a parking spot before you left. (laughs) Now, sometimes uh, compliments aren't really compliments. Sometimes we look at what people say to us and we don't even realize it's a compliment. And look at what Jesus says because we can read over this and not even realize what Jesus is really saying to us. Jesus says to us, first church, he says, you are the light of the world. You know in 1 John 1, 5, speaking about God, it says that God is light. In John 8, Verse 12, the first part of the verse, Jesus speaking about himself to people says, I am the light of the world. Do you realize that Jesus is talking to us and he says to us, you know, the Father is light, I am light, and he says to us in the same line, you, my friends, in this gracious compliment, you are the light of the world. Bridge builders are described as, our character is described as light. We have that privilege of being light in a dark world, just like Christ. In Ephesians 5, verse 8 and 9, it says, For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of light. So what is the character that we should have? He says, for the fruit of the light consists, he describes it, in all goodness and righteousness and truth. It's important for us to have the character of light. He encourages that in this passage. We need to have that because Christ is no longer in the flesh in our world. And so when we are told that we are the light, we are his representation. We are the reflection of Christ. And so just like he dispels darkness, we dispel darkness. We must be committed to the radical transformation necessary to become more and more like Christ so we can be his reflection in our world. 2 Corinthians 3.18 says, And we who with unveiled faces all reflect the Lord's glory are being transformed into his likeness with ever-increasing glory which comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. So in other words, we are becoming transformed. We are becoming more and more like him, or we should be at least. As the light, the character that we should have. And so we think, well, what, did, what does light do? You could answer this question. How is it described? What does light do? Light, light enlightens, light reveals, light guides, light strips away darkness, light routes the chaos, light protects. In Philippians 2.15 it says, 
so that you may become blameless and pure children of God without fault in a crooked and depraved generation in which you shine like stars in the universe. Again, do you hear what? What's being said of us, that we are the light, that we are like stars in the universe. We, in the midst of this, as Paul says to the church at Philippi, you in the midst of a crooked and depraved generation, you are like stars shining in, this, in the midst of this darkness because you have the character of light. I loved first of the year when we had that testimony service. Remember the, when the ladies talked about their ministry in the Benton Harbor in the school? When they read that little, they saw, we saw that little card that that little child had written to that, uh, one of those ladies in our in that ministry that was teaching those children to read and helping them to develop that skill of reading. And that, that is just what the character of light does, is dispelling for that little girl the darkness of her inability to read and giving her hope and, and giving her a future beyond what she could imagine for herself without that follower of Christ dispelling that darkness. And so we have that privilege to be the character of light. Notice also, and we go back to the passage of Scripture, notice that Jesus tells them that you are the light where of the world. So we think about that. The, where is the bridge builder's place to build? Where should we be building a bridge? The world, Scripture says. You are the light of the world. And so in a day and age where as Christians in a lot, of, a lot of corners of our culture, Christians are hunkered down and focusing on themselves and using all the energy that they have and the resources they have to just build this little, these little kingdoms within the walls of their church. If we go back to the words of Jesus, the words of Jesus tell us as bridge builders, where we should be building our bridge. And the scripture says, our place to build is the world. We are the light of the world. And so the world is, we know, is trapped in darkness, that it, is, it needs the light, and we have the potential to dispel the darkness as we build those bridges into our world. John 12, verse 46 says, I have come, this is Jesus talking, I have come into the, light, into the world as a light so that no one who believes in me should stay in darkness. Do you hear that? We are light. And so just like Jesus was building bridges into the world in that time, he said, I have come into the world to be the light that whoever believes does not have to be in darkness anymore. And now Jesus is gone. He's in heaven. And so he's left us here. We have that privilege of building bridges into our community, into our world, dispelling darkness. That's what we're to be about. And so he says to us, you are the light of the world. You are a city on a hill that cannot be hidden. You are the church, first church, a city on a hill that cannot be hidden. We cannot keep this wonderful message of Christ to ourselves. We cannot afford to become self-absorbed. In Acts 13 verse 47, Scripture says, For this is what the Lord has commanded us. I have made you a light for the Gentiles. Now, Gentiles is anyone basically who's not a Jew. So that is to most of us here. Some of us have some Jewish heritage. But he says, I have made you a light for the Gentiles that you may bring salvation to the ends of the earth. Pretty clear. That, as I've said before, that's putting the cookies on the bottom shelf. That's why we're here. 
you, he says. I have made you a light for the Gentiles so that you may bring salvation to the ends of the earth. Our world is in darkness. If you don't believe me, watch the news. This week, graduate student walks into a school lecture hall and indiscriminately kills his peers and then turns the gun on himself. That is the culture that we live in. A culture that we live in that in the, in a, in the week when there were four school shootings in our country and the only, only one that really got national attention is the one where multitudes of people died. That's our culture. That's a piece of the darkness that is our world. And as we build bridges to our world as the light, as reflections of the light, we have the power, friends, to beat back the darkness as we together build those bridges. We go back to the text again. Notice what it says a couple times. It says a couple things. It says that it is, a, he talks about a city on a hill and it says it cannot be hidden. Notice what it says about the candle. The candle is put up on a, on a lampstand so it gives light to the entire house. Those things remind us that our witness in our world should be unavoidable. So the bridge builder's witness, Scripture says, is unavoidable. We shouldn't and cannot hide our light. And if we hide our light in this community, and our existence is all about ourselves, and our existence is all about serving ourselves and ministering to ourselves, then friends, we have perverted the gospel. When we, at the point that we become internally focused, at the point when we do that, at the exclusion of our world, where we do not have any heart to reach out and to build bridges to our world, then we are saying to Jesus, we know what you said, but we're going to do this anyway. And when we cease to care enough about our world, when we cease to care enough or love enough to act and to actually do something, then we have ceased to have the privilege of being able to call ourselves the church, the bride of Christ, the spotless bride of Christ. I'm thankful that we're part of a church that can hold that name and can, and can, and can be followers of Christ and can fully embrace the full counsel of Christ. And, and I'm thankful that we get together that we are to be building bridges to Christ. So I know that in a large sense I'm preaching to the choir because you get this. You understand that our job is to be a light in our world. You understand that role. It is on a hill. It is set up on a high place. It is in the world. And when we build, build walls, and when we climb up on the top of those walls, when we build walls around this place, and we think that our role is to climb on top of that wall and to scream down in our world about how wrong they are and about that, how they need to come to us, again, we have perverted the gospel. Because Jesus Christ told us, you are a light. Go into the world and make disciples. The bridge builder's witness is unavoidable if we're doing our job. Last thing. Look at verse 16. He says that 
We let our light shine before men. Why? So the bridge builder's purpose is what? Bringing praise to the Father. Verse 16. Why should our light shine before men? So that they may see our good deeds and praise our Father in heaven. The purpose of us building bridges ultimately in our world is not to bring praise to the, uh, our church, not first church, not to any leaders who are a part of this church, not to any of us. The reason that we will build bridges into our world is so that our Father will receive the praise. That's why. John 15 verse 8 says to my, and this is to my Father's glory, that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. How do we show ourselves to be his disciples? By the fruit that we bear. And scripture tells us there's a few ways that we bear that fruit. We bear that fruit by the way that we live, by our, by our righteousness and our holy living, that people see that fruit and that we're bearing fruit that way. The scripture also tells us that we bear fruit through our good works and our good deeds, that fruit is born by loving our world in tangible ways. And I think probably the the greatest way that we can bear fruit in our world is that when we build bridges into our world and people see the authenticity of our faith and then they walk back across that bridge into a personal relationship with Christ and then they themselves who were once in darkness and are now in light begin to praise the Father. Now that's awesome. What a wonderful way for us to bring praise to the Father like the scripture says is the ultimate purpose of why we build bridges. Again, Salvation is our ultimate motive, not our ulterior motive. It's out of a purity of heart that we try to reach out into our world. Church historians tell us that one of the key reasons for the rapid expanse of the, uh, of the church in the first centuries following Jesus' life here on earth was because that they served their, their world and loved their world. Ignatius, the great church father, talked about a love that the church had for widows and orphans, for the oppressed and the imprisoned, for the hungry, the thirsty, for the abandoned babies that had been left to die. The church loved them. Christians had a reputation in those days of loving each other, of loving their world, and even loving those who persecuted them. And the Scottish historian James Orr said this, the new about that time, he said that the new spirit of self-denying love which Christianity breathed into the world awoke wonder from its strangeness. That strange, this was, the str this, this was strange and people began to wonder about it and were brought into faith because they were so impressed by the conduct of these Christians. And so let me ask us, in the year 2008 in southwest Michigan and these great United States of America, how are we looked at as Christians? How are we known? We are known, my friends, for our rhetoric. We are known for our intolerance. We are known that we are the ones that are mad at the world. And it's high time we went back to the way it was. And we became known for the love that we have for our world. It's high time that we became a role model. And when the, the world, when our community sees the love that we have for it and the authenticity of that, and we were building bridges in tangible ways, then we can be role models for other churches. We can be role models for other sister congregations of the church of God. Do you know what the church of God is really called? The, the, real, the full title is the Church of God Reformation Movement. Would it not be cool, First Church, 
as a flagship church in the first church, or in the Church of God Reformation movement, to put some move back in the movement? To help the movement to move back into building bridges into our world of serving and loving so that our world understands that those Christians, they are the ones that love unconditionally. Our vision is to build bridges that make a difference, that bring glory to our God. Our vision is to build bridges into our world. And I've said it before, let me say it one more time. But it can't end there. We cannot just talk about it. We need to move from the land of talk, where? To the land of do. And let me talk to you just very, very briefly about what First Church we can specifically do in 08 to move from the land of talk into the land of do. First, there's two areas of concentration. One is globally, that we will build bridges to our world globally. When I talk about globally, what I mean is outside of the local community, nationally, internationally, that we can build bridges to our world globally. And I'm excited that we are building some wonderful bridges already globally that are reaching people for Christ. There's a very healthy, robust bridge building uh, vision that we already have. And so we just need to continue what we're doing. I met last week with a missions team. They're excited about global missions. They're excited about what's going on in the world. And the only problem they have is what kind of times what not to do. There's so many wonderful things to do. And they are focused on helping us to make sure that we are about building bridges into our world. So they're meeting regularly, so they're, they've got that, they're doing a great job there. We need to continue to support them. I love the strategy that we have as a church. We think about globally that, that there are a few places that we've chosen in our world and we're going to focus and we're going to make a concerted, Im, significant impact in those areas of our world. I firsthand was able to see that. We talked about Paraguay. But it's firsthand to be able to see that significant impact. There's churches all along this eastern side, which is where all the population in Paraguay is. There's churches along this major corridor that we, you, together, we have built. All along this corridor with the blood, sweat, tears, and pocketbooks of this church in conjunction with the wonderful, beautiful people of Paraguay. Building those churches, making a difference. We need to continue to do that kind of thing and reach and make significant impacts globally. There's, there's, a, there's a radio station that's just behind that church that we built and we helped to renovate that and to do some work there a few years ago. Do you know that radio station reaches with a gospel message 500,000 people in Paraguay and Argentina? Extends from that little area 80 to 100 miles in that area presenting the gospel of Jesus Christ. We understand what it means to build, build bridges globally. Just what we're doing in Hungary, when the you know, former Eastern Bloc country, the Iron Curtain falls, and we are one of the first places to go in there, recognize the great spiritual vacuum that's there, and to go and to make some things happen. We need to continue to do things like that in our world, identifying significant projects. The other piece of our vision, though, that I really think that we could step it up is in the area not just of globally, but of building bridges to Christ, or building bridges to our world locally. And locally, when I, again, I think about what we're doing. There's some great things that are already going on. Whether it's the, the, make, the, the, the women's ministry is making a difference in the, the school that they've adopted in Benton Harbor. Whether it's the Habitat for Humanity building homes. Whether it's a jail ministry working with the homeless shelters or food pantries or those kind of things. There are significant, wonderful things going on. But there's more. 
as we build bridges into our community. One of the things that we recognized is that we needed some help. We need to make sure that we have a focused, concerted effort. And so we have identified a staff member that we're going to ask, we're asking Jenny Fry. She's been helping us with higher ground and, and before that was helping us with some high school stuff. We are going to specifically charge her with helping us to get these types of ministries going and, and, and get the ball rolling, start the bridge, bridge building projects locally here in our community. In addition to that, we want to, in thinking about that, we also want to just find out, and she can help us, and we can, together can, we need to find out what is going on in our community. What are the needs? Where, where, where are some, where are ministries or agencies, where are they being successful? Where do they need help? And so we can partner with them. We don't need to recreate the wheel. We need to understand what's going on. We need to ask the people that are doing it on the ground, that are building bridges, they're doing things, good things, how we can come alongside them. And then there are times, and this could be really fun, when we identify areas, and, and a lot of those ideas are going to come from you in the pews, but there are, when we identify areas in our community that there is a need for a bridge to be built, there is a need for a ministry to be done, there's hurting help people that need our help, and we have the ability to help. As God gives us vision and gives us ability, we can do those things. Now, don't do this. Don't think about something and identify something and then think that because God's put on your heart, then you are the messenger. We got enough prophets around here, okay? If God's laying it on your heart, then maybe you need to do it, okay? Not just put a guilt trip on somebody else. So, okay, everybody got that? Um, but we need to identify what are things going on in our community that we can help with. And some of them, we need to just jump on what's already going on. Some of them, we're going to do some new exciting things together. This summer, I'm excited about, I, I've shared a little bit with you, but we're going to do some servant evangelism kind of things. There's a church in uh, Cincinnati. Cincinnati is, the Vineyard Church is known throughout Cincinnati area. I just moved from that area. They are known as the church with all those people that are all the time doing those Random acts of kindness, they call them. Servant evangelism. Just going out on Saturdays and doing kind, wonderful acts of love to their community. Wouldn't it be awesome if we were known, not as the big fortress church on Niles. <laughs> Wouldn't it be awesome to be known as the church that's all the time doing all that, those acts of kindness and loving our world? That'd be a lot more fun. We can do that. We can build that bridge. And then we want to help train you. We, we want to help you to, to know what your abilities and what your spiritual gifts are. Know what your, your talents and all those things, your personality, your passions. So that when we know what's going on in our community and in our church, we know those needs and we know those, those, those areas of weakness and we know where, the, the, where, where we need help, then we can match you up with those things. We, again, can really have some fun together building bridges into our world. There's a little card that we developed. You can pick one up today, uh, or pick several up today. And as you begin to think about how you can get involved, and how you can build bridges, and how you can serve, and how you can love people in Jesus' name, take one of these cards. And when people ask you why you're doing this, well, you know what? Our church is really about building bridges, transforming lives. And you know what? We're just doing that. Jesus loves you. So do we. Here, take this card. This is just a reminder of why we do it. You can use these cards for that purpose. James Eads accomplished something in his lifetime that many said could not be done. He had a vision, and he did it. And 130 years later, you and I can drive to St. Louis 
and drive on the vision, the bridge that he built. First Church, we have the potential, we have the privilege of becoming an agent of transformation in this community, in our world. And the bridges that we will build will not last for 130 years. They will last for an eternity. Can we build those bridges together? Let's stand. Heavenly Father, God, your word is sharp. It is true. It divides. It penetrates. And Father, today I pray that you would penetrate our hearts just like the song that Pastor Chris sang. It penetrates our hearts and reminds us, God, of the needs in our community and in our world that are all around us. Help us to go from here changed with a burden on our heart to see the vision realized here at First Church of building bridges into our world. And although we don't know exactly what all that means, the Father, as we just conclude our time this morning, we say to you that we want to be a part of what you are doing here. And so, Father, build those bridges. We want to be used by you. Do things through us. Help us to accomplish what you want in our world. Thank you, Father. In the name of Christ, we pray. Amen. As we sing this concluding song, if you have a need, these altars are open. But let's just commit that we will be changed and we will build bridges to our world.